This podcast is made possible through donations from listeners like you and our partners at Tallman Equipment. Tallman prides itself in having more lineman tools in stock than anyone else. And now, when you're shopping online at tallmanequipment.com, look for the truck logo that says, in stock and ready for shipping, on hundreds of items on their website. That logo means that item is in stock and ready to ship the same day in most cases. When it comes to getting the tools and equipment linemen need, trust Tallman. Line 11 Clothing Company, making apparel for our first responders with a positive message to patriots that you can be proud of. A proceed of the cost goes to helping our foundation ignite the fire for father engagement. Give them a follow at Line 11 Clothing Company on Instagram. And last but not least, Monzingo Knives. Each knife is created with craftsmanship that only a tradesman could provide. Find them on Instagram at Monzingo Knives and get your American-made Monzingo knife today. Hello, once again, this is Dave from the Show Up Dad, and this podcast is created for hardworking fathers. At the Show Up Dad, we recognize that fathers providing for the children is certainly important. But when men truly understand their unique role and gain the knowledge and skills to be great fathers, they can transform and impact future generations. I'd like to give a warm welcome to David Culp. Him and his wife, Anna, are going to be joining us today on this new embark, this, this new journey that we're, we're doing, okay? It's called the Lifeline marriage on the line podcast and it's where we gather together as husband and wife and we both share our differences and and share what's what 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 works for us in our marriage and what works for them so without further ado welcome to the show guys thanks for having us dave jenny thank you thanks say hi jenny (laughs) (laughs) hi well like like i was doing on the the interview there um dave i just want to have you just take it away? Just kind of tell us what you're doing now. You guys are in Chicago, correct? Yeah, we're we're here in Chicago at my father-in-law's um, lake house, the same spot we got married uh, exactly nine years ago. Um, so today's me and Anna's wedding anniversary, and um, we uh, we thought today would be a good day to have this conversation with you guys and and um, hopefully bless those that that need to be hearing this message about communication. Oh my gosh, congratulations on your anniversary. And thank you so much for honoring us with this time. That's a really big deal. That is so crazy. Nine years ago, I remember you're getting I remember you're gonna get married, dude. We were at the utility together. I know. That was I actually I started um June. When did I start? It was two weeks before you got married. It was two weeks before I got married. And I, I remember in the interview I said. Well, I, you know, I really want this job. I really hope you guys hire me, but uh, I just let you guys know if I do get hired, I got to take time off. I got to go get married. And, <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, no problem. Just do what you got to do. So that's what I ended up doing. I, I got hired two weeks later. I ended up having to take two weeks off to come to Chicago, get married and, and then move Anna back to Albuquerque. So, um, man, it, it, things have definitely come full circle since, since that that yeah that time in Albuquerque I mean it was a pretty exciting time starting a new career um marrying my my best friend my wife my lover um and you know starting our family in Albuquerque so and and here we are getting ready to move to Illinois and come back here to our roots I mean it's it's pretty cool so we're, we're pretty excited 
Anna, did you ever imagine that you would live life on, on the road after getting married? No, no, I didn't. Um, it's funny you actually say that because <laughs> before we got married, um, I made Dave promise me two things. And the first one was that we would not live like gypsies. And the second one is we would never live in a trailer. So, <laughs> so before we before we actually were even engaged, those were like the two promises I, I asked for. And those two promises were kind of like, he put, he put the bug in my ear, but it was never an official thing until I, we, after we had our second kid where I was like, Hey, what do you think about this? And the same week we listed our house, bought a camper, bought a truck and the rest is history for us. So no, I never thought we would live how we have been living. And, and honestly, it's been the biggest blessing for not only myself, but our family. Um, our kids have seen so much culture. They've seen so many people um, and our family's been together the entire time. So it, like I said, it's been probably my biggest blessing is just being able to do that for our family, for our kids. What were some of the challenges that you guys faced? I mean, obviously, you know, like you said, you know, it was never your desire to, to be on the road and stuff like that. Like how, like, what were some of the challenges that you had to go through to, to actually get on the same page where it was like, okay, we're, we're doing this, you know? I mean, well, I mean, I guess it all started the utility about um, probably the first or second week of work. I remember coming back from getting married and, and uh, the hours, the hours we were working. I remember working like 40 something straight hours and, and Anna wasn't, obviously you know we had just got married and she's like wow like like this is what I gotta deal with you know what I mean like <laughs> reality just set in and and you know fast forward five years you know so so Anna's used to me working long hours and but now now we're traveling around in California and now you know Dave's working with people he doesn't know and and Dave's working in places we, we don't, you know, we're not familiar with. And, you know, now we have a, a young, small family and a camper. And, you know, we, we, I mean, we never lived anywhere that was shady or anything, you know, no bad places, no bad RV parks or nothing like that. But, you know, it, sometimes it can get pretty lonely for Anna back at the camper with working the six, seven days a week. And sometimes you go work storm and, you know, not, not only are you in California working, but now, now Dave's gone from the camper and not coming home at night. So, you know, there was lots of learning curves for, for Anna and I, and, you know, just lots of changing parts and things were always, you know, things were just always changing. So, and, and it was tough on me too, because, you know, working six, seven days a week and having a young family, I mean, that's, that's tough, you know, that's really tough when you come home and you're, grumpy and tired and you know like the last thing you want to do is you know be a family man because you're so damn tired and beat and worn out I mean you know you know this trade can be pretty tough on us and uh you know not everything we do every day is easy you know so there's a lot of manual labor and being in some hairy situations and climbing and hiking and you know just dealing with a bunch of other linemen too you know that can never be easy thing so you know coming home I, you know, I wasn't always the most communicative guy. I wasn't, you know, I just kind of would keep to myself and, you know, shake my head, nod my head, you know, eat dinner and kind of want to get ready to go to bed, you know, and you know, that didn't really sit well, you know, 
most times, you know, a few days of that. And it was kind of like, all right, you know, are you going to talk to me? Are you going to say something? Are we going to hang out? Can we go outside? Can we do something? Can we go on a family walk? And, and so that's when it kind of all just, I don't know, at the very beginning, it didn't, I don't know. It was, it was, it was kind of a blur really at the very beginning, Mm -hmm. just, all the changes going on, you know, and, and Anna's definitely brought me back to reality many times, you know? Yeah. I, I gotta say like when David first started in this, I, this trade, I actually would have really liked the path that you chose that you and your family chose to have traveled and things like that. But David really wanted to, um, be rooted. <laughs> yes. Be rooted and grounded for our kids and things like that, which that was, that was really great in its own right too. But I myself wasn't prepared for David being gone all the time. Um, and it's funny because when you get married, you never like can anticipate what's going to happen in the future. And if you don't know a lot about a trade specifically, knowing how much time somebody, your spouse is going to be away it comes as a shock. I wish that we would have kind of reassessed our plan a little better as we went into it. Cause I think it would have made it more, um, easy to, to, to like roll with the punches, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, because there were challenges, even staying at home and you being gone all the time. And I could definitely like probably, relate with Anna as far as being in a strange place and then having your husband gone all the time that must mm-hmm. have been pretty pretty hard and lonely at at times but um I think there's also some maturity that takes place in those those times when you're really alone because we moved to a, a small town and I didn't really know anybody and I was alone all the time, but man, you really kind of learned some things. What do you think that you really learned during those, those moments, Anna? Oh, wow. I feel like, I feel like you're reading my mind there. Um, I found out that I can survive anywhere. Um, I just don't thrive. Mm. Um, so I've always said I can, I'm a chameleon. I can adapt to whatever, um, culture I'm in and I can survive, but I don't, I don't thrive. So for me, um, before marrying Dave, I knew he was a lineman or about to be one. And I had not a clue what I got into. I was going, I was living in Illinois. He was in New Mexico. We didn't see each other. We, we got married on seeing each other three times in person. So, <laughs> but, but we, we grew up around each other. We grew up so. around each other. So he knew me and I knew him, but in person, I only saw him three times. So I was like, okay, I can be used to being alone. Um, and that only lasted for so long <laughs> until it was like the constant bickering of like, I just got married. I left my entire, everything I've ever known to go live in Mexico. And so for me, that was really hard. Um, but I guess going back to what you're saying, Jenny, um, I have learned that I need community. Um, and within the lineman community, there are some of my best friends out there. Um, Line wives just have a different type of connection because we all know what everybody is going through. Um, it's just, I can text a friend and at 10 o'clock at night and be like, man, this is, this is hard. 
And she's right back there with me. She's like, I understand. So for me, um, it's just, I have found out that I need my community. Um, Dave's also gotten really good at, in the beginning, not so much, but like I'll text him throughout the day. And when he gets a minute, he will respond back to me just to let me know that like he's thinking of me or like he's there for me. So he, it, it took a little bit to get to that point, <laughs> yeah. but I definitely think having just him knowing that's like, Hey, it's a hard day at home. And I don't, I don't let him know a lot all the time, just because I know how stressful the job is. Um, but just to like have somebody to hear me out, if that makes any sense. Absolutely. I totally hear you on the whole thing. Like, I think line wives in general kind of tend to not just dump everything on their, their husbands. Cause they know how dangerous their job is. So like mm -hmm. we wait for that appropriate time. So it takes like kind of a lot of self-control and emotional control during those times. But man, some, I really had to learn how to like come to David in a way that was like, not so dramatic, like, okay, the, everything happened this week, you know, <laughs> vomit on me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and just talk like really kind to him and tell him everything. And I, I but I think it's really wise for line women, like line, line wives, sorry, not line women, line wives to, to save the really emergency stuff or the, the crazy things that happen through the day for after their work day. Wouldn't you agree? You hit the nail right on the head right there because, I mean, I don't know how many times you've, I don't know, Dave, where you're in the middle of the sticky icky or whatever, and you don't have time yeah. to to be answering those calls. You know, you're getting texts, you're getting blown up or whatever. And you're just like, like, I know for me, when I was actually in my tools, I would put my phone away. I didn't yeah. see it until the end of the day because I absolutely hated the phone being out. I, I thought there's no place in line work for a phone, you yeah. know? And um, yeah, you, you get back to the truck, you check your, your, you know, your, your phone or whatever. And then you have all these calls. It's like, Holy crap, what's going on. And all it is, is a simple, Hey, how's your day going or whatever. But you know what I mean? You're, you're automatically prone to thinking to the worst, you know, I know that's all it was for me. Yeah. There's, there's been some, well, just for instance, like two years ago, my, my mom passed away and everyone mm -hmm. was trying to get a right away and uh, i just remember and like i'm not i'm not on my phone but i always have it like in my back pocket on vibrate that's kind of like my thing mm -hmm. and if i'm working my phone is it's, it's on vibrate but i have my music on and i'll have it just right there by the controls and i'll know when somebody calls because the music will shut off but that that one day when everyone was trying to get a hold of me, I kind of had bad service, but I was just walking around and there were two guys were up in the bucket. And I just, I just remember having my phone in my back pocket and I just, I just, I found, I got service and it was just, my phone blew up like crazy. And, uh, and, and that, that was when, you know, I got the call and all that good stuff. So, I mean, it, it's good for me. Um, I feel like to have my phone close and near, I, I always think about that in the back of my mind, mm -hmm. just, you know, something, somebody trying to get a hold of me. And I don't have my phone with me like that. It's almost my biggest fear being away from home. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm already away from home enough. And now 
now I'm, you know, someone's trying to get a hold of me and I can't, I can't be there for them. So that's kind of, that's always been my thing too. But yeah, but it, just exactly said, there's a time and a place absolutely to have your phone with you while doing line work. I mean, it's, it's just tough, man. Like it's, you don't want to have your phone, but you kind of need to have your phone. That That's the way I, I feel about that. I couldn't agree with you more, bro. And and then just even the fact of just letting them know, that's one of the things I started doing. I started letting my wife know, Hey, I might be in a place where I can't get to my phone. I might be in a place where we won't have good service right before I, we're yeah. going off the right way or whatever. You know what I mean? And I think that's a big part of that communication that we're kind of wanting to talk about today. You know what I mean? Just letting your spouse know it's, it's, it's simple. Just even, even to say, Hey, I'm just going over here you know, yeah. and, it, and it works both ways too. Like for instance, um, when I was working in El Paso, my wife would say, Hey, I'm going over here. And she would tell me exactly where she was going. Just in case something happened, I could know where she was at or what area. Cause you never know. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Sometimes I would be like, I would have to go to church, um, in the middle midweek service. And that would be a late night church service. And it was like 45 minutes away. And I'm no, like, I know in the back of my head, my husband's not at home and right. I, I need to let him know like where I'm going to be and, and family's like an hour away. So sometimes those things were kind of scary, but communication always, I think helped. So that way there was like, he, he, if I ever got into trouble, he would call all of his friends that he knew. <laughs> we're like around that area jenny needs your help <laughs> yeah I, I remember calling she got a, she was having car trouble and i remember calling my friend hey man can you go help my wife <laughs> you know what i mean and they would you know it was just something you have to do you know um that's uh part of this trade you know being able to adapt because not every situation is going to be the same not every situation you're going to be able to to deal with so it's, that's important and like anna talked about having that community that you can go to people and be like hey man can you get this for me right now or whatever you know what i'm saying yeah we're, we're in a place right now where there's how many line families baby oh gosh seven hmm. eight and in, in this little rv park. it's not even a big rv park and and, and i hear there's more coming too so but it, um most of us are on the same same job and all that too so it, it, that makes it even better i mean the wives are all hanging out like hey have you heard from you know so-and-so today or you know I, oh, hey i heard you know dave said it was going to be a late night you know and and like all these things so it, i think just the community itself i mean everyone's talking amongst themselves and, and uh it, like there, there's a guy in my crew that's his wife's good friends with Anna. So they're always hanging out all day long. And, and throughout the day, I'll, I'll tell my buddy, Hey, did, did your wife tell you that, you know, you know, this and this, like they were doing this today. And, you know, the next day my buddy will tell me like, Hey, did you hear that the kids are doing this? You know, I'm like, no, I didn't hear that. So we're hearing through each other, through our wives that are talking to RV park, you know, now through our husbands, what, you know, what's going on and who's doing what. So I mean, it's super cool. It's, I mean, there's no other job like it in the whole world. I mean, that, that is just hands down, just a really cool community of people and really genuine and nice and hardworking. And I mean, everyone's just, just super awesome. I, I love it. I, I wouldn't trade it for anything. Was it hard for you, Anna, to kind of like 
create friendships and stuff like that with with total strangers like new families and things like that and to say you know and kind of be vulnerable and be like you know my husband's gone I don't know anybody here was it a difficult thing for you to step out in, into that bubble or was it in your comfort zone to be able to meet new people you know what I would like if I answered it right now I'd be like absolutely I have zero issues meeting people um but that hasn't always been the case for me. Um, I've learned that I can either be by myself and lonesome, or I can step out of my comfort zone to make friends and be happy. So over the nine years that this has happened, like when you first met me, that was Cheyenne. Now it's like, oh, I see you have a lineman sticker on your door. I'm going to go walk past your campers six times before you come out, you know? So <laughs> for me, <laughs> yeah, she'll stalk you. So. That's true. That's true. And I'm really so. <laughs> I'm, but but no, I I have learned that, like I said, like I need that community to thrive. So for me, it's very easy to go out and have conversations with people, um, because I am a lot of times in places I don't know anybody, and and honestly, I like I like sharing our story. I like saying that we live in a camper and we travel for my husband's job and my kids have seen 44 states. Like I love sharing that because most people have not a clue that this is even an option for a career path or a way to raise a family. And, and when we first started this, people thought we were crazy. Um, but now that everyone's like, man, you guys really are living that dream. Um, but back to, but back to that, it's just, it's easy for me to step out of that comfort zone now because I have been five years in the camper. So it's taken me five years to get to where I'm at now socially. Wow. That's awesome. It's cool to see the growth because it's not just the growth from the man in his trade and, and embarking and overcoming his fears. It's, it's a growth. It's a, you guys are on the same path, but you're parallel with each other. If that makes sense, you guys are both growing, uh, you know, in this journey of life together. And that's, that's one of the main important things that we like to stress about because, I mean, how many people allow life to draw them away from each other, to actually separate to where their lives are running parallel and all of a sudden they have a fork in the road. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I mean, too many couples nowadays are actually growing apart. Definitely think it's too easy right now for couples to grow apart. Um, it's just Dave and I, we, we've had our bumps in our roads and ultimately what it came down to was getting back on that same path and having that open and honest and hard conversations to draw us back together. And I know like God has 100% put each other, each other in our, and like, he's my person and I'm his person. And I know I didn't pick Dave and Dave didn't pick me. God picked each other, picked, picked us for each other. Mm-hmm. So just us on that path together and, and keeping that as our forefront is, and and letting him lead us. Like, I think it's interesting that you said when we would have hard conversations, it would draw us back together. And something that David and I learned recently uh, was that so many people are taught that intimacy is something that's like cuddly and snuggly. Oh, let me cuddle you on the couch. Let's lay together down in the, in the bed and, and hold hands and, talk about the good things of the day, but, um, real intimacy is actually when you are 
speaking the truth and love to, to your spouse and it makes them uncomfortable for a time. It can cause like a little bit of chaos for a temporary, you know, little stint of time. Um, but ultimately it draws people together because both people are being authentically themselves and really just being honest with each other and, and able to have difficult conversations and able to respond to the other person's need in those difficult situations. So I thought that was interesting that you're saying like, yeah, we would have those difficult conversations and it would draw us back together. Cause normally you would think, oh, if we're having a difficult conversation, we're fighting, we don't want to be around each other because of that. But no, if you're doing it right, which it sounds like, you know, that temporary conflict was actually productive and it was creating intimacy in the marriage, which is awesome. Yeah, and we've had, I can't really tell you anything specific, but I can, I can definitely, I just know in my heart that Anna and I have had lots of those conversations in the past couple of years and um, not just behind closed doors either, but in front of the kids and uh, the kids are starting to see and, and, you know, just see what, what it's like to, to have a spouse, to have, you know, a person there with you living life and, and to know that everything's not always perfect and hunky dory because I mean, I, I grew up and my mom and dad, I never really ever saw them talk, you know? So, mm -hmm. so I have these conversations with my wife, just, just to have these conversations with my wife were very uncomfortable for me. And it, it, some of it was just kind of like, well, should we be, should we be doing this in front of the kids? Should we be talking, you know, about these things in front of our kids? But yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it's life. You know what I mean? Like there's no reason to hide this from our kids, you know, like, I mean, and it's just something, you know, as simple as just, you know, talking about communicating with each other and how we are, you know, upset with, you know, the way each other is communicating with one another about whatever it may be. And, you know, the kids need to hear that the kids need to see that, but the kids also need to see mommy and daddy resolve it. And, you know, like hug and kiss and, and, and just be, you know, like something come out of it, you know, and, mm -hmm. and it's always fighting and arguing. It's just, we have differences and we kind of talk out our differences and then we come to an understanding of one another and basically come to an agreement, you know, and that's a really like, like an organic like conversation that happens on the daily between a husband and a wife. And it's okay to have differences. You know, like I, I, I grew up, kind of seeing and feeling that like having differences was a bad thing like you see differently than I do and that's not good but mm -hmm. I mean obviously in a marriage you need to come to an understanding at some point or else things are never going to get better or you're always going to fight about something so um, I mean I wish I had some like a real you know example of this but I don't maybe Anna does I think it's because we don't uh we don't hold on to it. <laughs> you know, it happens. We, we get it off our chest and that's it. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, women are, you know, they have memories like elephants. They remember everything from 10 years ago. So, you know, <laughs> I know I'll be like, yeah, you said this and this on this day and blah, blah, blah. And he'll be like, I did. Where was I? <laughs> oh man. But uh, no, I, I, I agree with you 100%. Um, Dave, 
uh, one of the things that Jenny said was being able to come to your spouse, right? And I think it's important for men, for us men to be able to create a safe space for them. I mean, ultimately, if you, we expect our wives to speak to us, then we got to be approachable. You know, if we're not approachable, if we bite their head off with any little thing that they come to talk to us about, then that's not creating a safe space. I mean, I wouldn't even want to talk to me, honestly. You know, you know some of the, the ways I responded to my wife in the past, you know, it's like, what the heck was I thinking? You know, but yeah. um, you got to just create that safe space for them to, to come. And like anything, it, it, it takes time. You know, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Just little, just putting into practice, putting into practice, you know, until eventually it becomes a habit. You know, and, and your kids are seeing that they're watching that they're living that, especially in close quarters, like how you guys are, you know, they're seeing you guys being able to progress through your relationship and being able to, to handle your problems in a healthy, productive way, like Dave was talking about. And I think that's awesome. Yeah. Cause they're, they're like, how in the world are you going to keep something silent in, in, in the lifestyle that you guys are living and the kids not know, I mean, the kids are going to fill the energy, oh, yeah. whether you're in a trailer or a house, you know what I'm saying? So I completely agree that you guys were able to, to have, you know, dis disagreements and then work them, work through them, because I really believe that teaches children problem solving skills, yep. that it is doable. Like what Dave was saying, he never really saw his parents have any kind of arguments so i mean it's it's good to actually see that you can have an argument and then get over it like whereas my family oh my gosh they would fight and and uh there nothing was nothing was resolved nothing yeah. was ever resolved and then like the next day there would be a fight and it would be about something that happened yesterday or whatever that they fought about and it would just you know there was never a solution Whereas if I had witnessed problem solving skills as a kid, I think that would have been an amazing benefit for my current marriage. Mm. Yeah, Not, you, I mean, we, we do, we do it now, but I mean, early on. It <laughs> yeah. Was... Yeah. Early on, especially, you know what I mean? I mean, cause I, how many times have you gotten an argument guys where you're, you're consistently talking and you're like for a man, you're constantly trying to drive a point across, right? It's like, it's almost like you're talking to a, another man, you know, you're con you're constantly trying to drive that point across. Like if they don't get it, it's like, dude, they get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Take a step back and, you know, calm down and they, they get it. I'm, I'm sure they heard it the first time, you know, they, they listen better than we do, <laughs> you know, but I don't know what it is that drives a man to be like, do you understand me and blah, blah, blah. And then just marathon. That's the biggest thing I see people like a lot of the couples that we talk to, they continue on the same thing, marathoning, dude. And if you can't solve your problems within five, five minutes, 10 minutes, stop, you know, take a time out, take a break. You know what I'm saying? Cause it's just going to continue to escalate. One of the major things that we said, like we've seen with other couples right now is a uh, empathy. Okay. I've, I've seen a lot of men not being able to put themselves in their wife's shoes. And that is so detrimental to the marriage. Uh, I, I know I did it as well. Um, not being able to see their point, especially when they come to us about something, you know, and it could be something as far as, you know, Hey, I want you to come home. You're, you're on the road too long or whatever. It's like, 
you don't, as a man, we don't understand where they're coming from because we're not in their shoes. So we have to step back and put ourselves in their shoes and kind of see where our wives are coming from. And I think that would really definitely help out a lot, you know, just being able to show that empathy. Have you ever had to stay home with the kids, Dave? <laughs> uh, yeah, a few, I mean, a few times, but not for like very long. Yeah. I would say I've never day. stayed home with all three for more than a full day. but but i tell anna all the time like she needs to like get away and i i'll watch the kids you know what i mean so i think it i think anna's really holding hers holding me back with being able to watch them for a whole day or yeah is it hard for you to let go of of that role anna it is um, not because I don't want to. I would love to. It's just I am very structured, um, which I think helps a lot in our situation with the long hours and the long days of not seeing Dave all the time. Um, so stepping away from that is really hard, but I don't know. It's just like when he's home, I want to be around him too. So we all kind of just we just all kind of crowd around you when you're home because we love you, but (laughs) step away because I just, I've never take that back. I have had opportunities to go do it. It's just, I'm not a homebody, but I'm a homebody with my people. And if my people are at home, I want to be with my people. Or if my people go, go do something, I want to be there with them too. So for me to do something independently, it's a lot harder than if my people were there with me. Mm. Yeah. That's kind of how you are, huh? Yeah. I like, I mean, even, I don't know, for me, just when I was on the road a lot, I, uh, I just wanted to be home and my wife, she was always home and she wanted to go out and do stuff, you know? So it was like night and day, you know? And it's like, man, I, I just was out of state all week or whatever. And it's like, I just want to chill and, you know, I got my poor wife who's been at home with the, the kids, you know, and hasn't seen anybody, hasn't really talked to anybody. And the kids have been driving her up the wall. And all she wants to do is just get out of the house and hang out and, and spend time with me. And I'm just like, oh, man, I'm so tired. I don't want to go anywhere. You know what I mean? So I, I could definitely see that. What do you think, Jenny? I think it's interesting um, because you talk about empathy as far as like the man viewing the woman's perspective, but also I think sometimes women need to view the man's perspective too Mm. and how hard they're working and how hard it is to be away from the family. Like I know for you, some of your survival instincts were to kind of not get too close to us because it hurts you so much to leave us. Mm. Um, And when I was working a lot and I was away from the family a lot, it was really hard. It was really hard to be away from the family. And it's almost like the less you know about the family, the easier it is to cope. Yeah, definitely. Especially like if you're leaving on a Sunday, if you have work, you got to be on Monday or whatever. I would start isolation since Saturday for me. I would start separating myself from the family. And that's a part of, I guess, from the military or whatever. But it was a form of just being able to just take yourself out of the picture and just start looking at, like for me, I started looking at my family as an object. 
okay, I need to get this, this, and this done. I got to make sure they have enough wood for however many weeks I'm going to be gone. Um, make sure everything's taken care of before I leave. So that was my weekend. So I didn't even get a chance to like really hang out with the family because I was preparation for leaving. It, it, was, it was weird. It was a weird situation for me, you know? How did you cope with like being away from your family all the time, Dave? Oh, I worked more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would say so. I mean, I mean, really super like consistent. I've worked six, seven days a week, probably for the last, I don't know, seven, eight years, pretty consistent. And that we, we went on a, uh, a road trip last year for six months. And that was kind of when I said, all right, this enough of this crap. You know what I mean? Like I, I, I need to start staying home more. I want to, I want to try and be home for like months at a time or at least weeks at a time. I want to start taking calls or like four days a week, you know, like four tens call or, you know, stuff like that. And, and uh, so for me, I, I really just think it was probably just working more. But, you know, when I'd be, when I'd work a lot, when I come home, I feel like, I mean, I don't feel like I isolated for very long because mm. I think what last year I commuted from California to Arizona a few times and I was just home for a weekend, but my isolation started probably like two hours before I left. Mm. And it was really just kind of like, all right, my mind went towards, all right, I got to get back to the camper. I got to, I got to drive. I got to do this. I got to do that. And it was really kind of like, as the kids are like hanging on me, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, <laughs> get off me. Let's, you know, let's do something else. Like I, I got to do this. I got to do that. So, so then I just started getting like really short tempered and mm. irritated, like more, more so that I'm getting ready to leave and I'm not going to see everybody. And it kind of sucks, you know, like, but I, I hide my emotion a lot too. So mm -hmm. I don't, I'm sure Anna sees it. I, I can read you. <laughs> so I, I get, I get quiet and you know, I, I start doing stuff like that. It, you can start to see like Dave's and like Lala, man, like Dave's looking somewhere. I mean, who knows what Dave's looking at right now? You know what I mean? Like Dave's not here. <laughs> <laughs> Where's but, Dave? Not <laughs> um, so I, I don't know. I just get in my own space at that point, but I don't know. I'm, I'm hoping not to do that too much anymore, but, mm -hmm. um, I mean, the job I have right now, there's, there's been lots of hours here lately and I, I'm really trying to, I'm really trying to get myself in a headspace, even though I'm working lots of hours where I'm like, I'm coming home and I just maximize every second I have with my family. So even if I'm super tired, like try and go for a quick walk with the family real quick or, or eat a quick meal with everybody sit down. And with my middle daughter, I always tell her, Hey, Hey Ellie, let's chit chat real quick. You know, like let's have a quick conversation about your day or last night, what you did, you know, like real, a really quick, like one-on-one -on -one conversation because I know daddy's about ready to go to work again here in like an hour or two. Mm -hmm. So so I, I just try and have these little conversations with all three of the kids. And then, and then Anna, it's usually, I have these conversations with her after I leave on the phone. Like I'll, I'll call her and I'll talk to her for the whole 40 minute drive that I have, or, or I'll call her two or three times while I'm at work. When I have a second, like, 
like I have five minutes to talk and I'll just give Anna a quick call and we'll catch up and we'll see how each other's days are going. And then, all right, I got to go. I'll call you back later. And then, you know, two hours later, I'll give her a call. So mm. I don't know. It's just really trying to manage the little bit of time you have with the family. And um, I'm still learning that. And I really just got to get, I just got to try not to be so tired all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, like that's, that's the number one goal. But I, I also know that this lifestyle isn't going to last very much longer. Um, now that we're moving back to Illinois here um, in a year, year and a half, I know that my time in California is, is limited and whatever I'm working, how, whatever hours I'm going to be working, I, it, it's not going to last forever. So that's, what's going to get me through this last little push. I mean, when it's all we'll have been in California six, seven years and, and, uh, it'll be time to move on to our next chapter. And, and I'm hoping the next chapter is work less and be home more. And, um, that's what I'm gearing up for. That's what I'm hopeful for. And, and, uh, I think it should be really good for the family. I agree. I agree. It's, it's good thing that you said that, uh, you guys have a, an end goal. I think a lot of times we get into this trade and we don't have an end goal. You know, it's, um, we talk about it all the time in our, in, in this industry, you know, see the big picture. Right. And I think a lot of times we get our focus shifts and we don't see that big picture that that angle never comes because now we're buying into the boats we're we're getting the, the, the toys, the, all this other different stuff comes in. So then that end goal finally starts getting pushed down the road and it never comes dude. And that's when your, your dream becomes your spouse's nightmare. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would see it all too often for sure. And Anna and I have been pretty darn spot on with our goals and mm-hmm. what, what we want and we, we both you know we're not looking to get all the toys we're, we're you know it, it's been a progression you know pay off debt and then it was save lots of money and then it was invest lots of money and then it was okay let's you know let's build for our our, our dream home in illinois so now like that's our next goal and and so but you know, along the way, it's, it's been fun. I mean, it's been hard and there's been some bumps in the road, but there's always been something to work for. Mm-hmm. And it, it makes it, it, it makes it manageable, you know, for Anna and I both. And, but we both know when enough is enough and Anna will let me know. And um, <laughs> I mean, there's been jobs where I've drugged because, you know, Anna wasn't happy and, and, you know, the situation wherever we were at, it just wasn't good. And it, it was heading in the wrong direction. So I, I've listened to her too. And, you know, go back to this whole empathy thing. Like there's definitely been a couple of times where I'm like, yeah, you, you're not happy. And um, no matter how, what's going on at work, how much money we're making hours, all that, it doesn't matter. But if you're the one at home and you're not happy where we're at, then we need to go. And that's kind of the luxury of doing what we're doing is we can get up and go any second you know what I mean? So that's, I've been learning to do that. And um, I don't know, I, I think I've been pretty good at listening to Anna and what she wants and what she needs and what, you know, kind of getting a good feel for that. So, and I think it's been working pretty darn good for the last five years. It's been working great. It definitely sounds like it has. I mean, it, just listening to you talk now, it sounds like you, you know, just through this whole 
lifestyle that you guys have, you've really learned to listen. You know, um, a lot of guys speak to be heard and not to listen. And it sounds like you're really listening to your wife and her needs. And, you know, because it's not just about you. It's not just about the money or the kids. It's also about the well-being of your, your wife. You know, as fathers, as husbands, we're called to be a protector. We're called to protect our wives and our daughters and to teach our sons how to do so. That's our job. You know, I think it's really inspiring to hear such a, a young couple that is like really kind of hitting it right on, on a lot of things. I mean, just the fact that when Anna says, you know, I'm not okay, I'm not happy here. And you respond and you listen and you believe her the first time. That's a huge deal because I think for a lot of wives, we say what is going on um, and the husband isn't responsive and then it turns into nagging and the wife isn't being heard. So then she starts to nag and nag and nag because something isn't being like, there's not a response for what you're saying. And um, so I think it's really amazing and so inspiring for other married couples to hear that, hey, you know, it doesn't really matter if you've been married 10 years, five years, if you just listen to what your spouse is telling you and believe them, you can get far in marriage, you can get far in your success, you can get far in your family, you can go far because you guys can work together. Mm hmm. And I like what Jenny said about success, because, you know, what is a profit of man if he gains the whole world, right? If he loses everything during the whole journey, you know, <coughs> his family. I mean, to me, that's that's true success. I, I've had the opportunity to speak to a lot, a lot of successful people on my show. And um, man, they all say the same thing. You know, I wish I had success better at the home. I wish I would have learned this in the home because they 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 went out there right for whatever reason to, to become sex successful in the workplace or whatever but at the same token you know they lost their families a lot of them did during that whole transition and that's what kind of spawned this whole podcast and everything like that because we go out there as men to provide for our families we start this trade we do this trade because we know that it's going to provide a better life for them for them right and along that way, we just kind of forget our mission, I guess, or, or forget our, our end goal, or I don't know what happens to men. We just kind of just forget, right, along that whole journey. And, you know, hopefully you get it right. Hopefully you make that transition and, and make the correct changes, you know, and not big changes, but little changes over time. And you get back on the right path, kind of like how you guys are. I mean, like Jenny said, she hit the nail right on the head. You guys are doing pretty awesome stuff. I mean, especially with all the challenges that you guys have being on the road and stuff like that. Who would ever thought, thought that, you know, and you guys are doing it and you're doing it right. So, uh, you know, kudos to you guys. I mean, that's awesome. I got to I wanted to ask Anna, like when you aren't happy with something, how do you approach Dave and how do you talk to him about it? Hmm. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You know what? It depends. I guess it really depends on the situation and how long it's been bothering me or, or to the <laughs> point of, like you said, like if it turns into a nag, um, because 
for the most part, Dave hears me. Um, yeah, I don't hear you nag very often. I don't nag very often. I don't think. Um, but I'm also am learning to communicate differently because, like he says, I don't hear in code. So like he he's always telling me that he goes, I don't know what you mean. Like I don't speak in code. So I have learned in over the years and more so recently, probably in the last few that I have to be like very blunt to him, like very black and white, no gray area, just of what I need, what I want. Um, because he's right. I, I can't be like, Oh yeah, that grass is really long over there. When in reality, I want him to go mow the grass, you know? So for me <laughs> to speak a different tongue that it doesn't come as natural to me rather than just point blank saying, Hey Dave, I need you to go wipe your daughter's bottom or Hey Dave, I need you to go take out the trash, you know, like rather than being like, Oh yeah, the trash is full. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Great observation. <laughs> yeah. So, so for if you me, want me to change it, just <laughs> say it. Yeah. <laughs> oh so, yeah. It's just, I can do that. <laughs> Like it, as dumb as it sounds, it took me a while to figure that out. Um, mm -hmm. And I still catch myself in it because he's like, Anna, I don't speak your language. So like just things like that. Um, and it, it's worked a heck of a lot better than just getting upset because he didn't pick up what I was trying to tell him in a way that I felt like he could have. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I just feel like we were just being nicer about it or something. <laughs> yeah I never wanted to be a nagging wife of go do this go do this go do this like I thought if I subtly asked it like I don't know I don't even know yeah but I mean it's okay to ask me to do stuff like <laughs> I'll, I'll lovingly do it you know like if we want to go this trash analogy like just say hey Dave can you go take the trash out like oh yeah you're probably right like it did escape my because you know usually that's my job you know like mm -hmm. or i'm home like i you know that's just something i've always done so but you know and, you know sometimes it escapes my mind too you know so a, a friendly reminder I, I obviously don't mind but i mean there's things that i would like to do around the house to help you out if you know if, if that's what we're talking about or or whatever the case may be but yeah speaking in tongues or in code i, I don't understand that so <laughs> I'm never going to fulfill your needs. Then. <laughs> I love that you say that just being blunt about what you want, because I think a lot of women um, fall trapped to like beating around the bush or <laughs> mind reading like, oh, if he really loves me, he would know what's wrong with me or can't yeah. he tell that I'm irritated with the kids? Why isn't he helping me? Instead of saying, you know what? I really need help with the kids before they go to bed or, and I'm totally like, <laughs> I do that sometimes, huh? Like I'll yeah. be irritated. I'll just get to a point where I just have no boundaries with the kids and I'm just so irritated with them. And, and I got to remind myself to put up boundaries and just be like, okay, that's it. We're bringing in reinforcements and then say to David, you know what? I really need your help here. Cause they're like crazy today, you know, <laughs> but I, I love that. You said, just, just be blunt, just say what it is that you need. And man, 
your husband will hear you. <laughs> it's that simple. Dude, I mean, I don't know how many times she's told me you're so black and white. Yeah, I'm black and white. Speak to me. Yeah. In, speak to me yeah. in black and white. You know, tell me, hey, get off your butt and, and go help me with this or wash the dishes. Yeah. You know, um, I think now, though, what I've done as a husband is I've been able to kind of read her. You know, I was good at reading my crew. I was good at reading other linemen. And now I'm starting to utilize those same skills in reading my wife and kind of asking her before she even has to ask me. Like if I see her stressed out, if it looks like her oxygen is her, you know, I, I look at it as a, like a, her having this, this uh, dive helmet on and there's this hose going to her. Right. And, yeah. you know, when you pinch off that oxygen to her, you know what I mean? You can kind of see it. She like deflates. So when I see her in that mode, I'm like, okay, I'll go and I'll ask, Hey, do you need me to wash the dishes? What do you need me to do? What do you need help with? Right. Yeah. And that's helped out a lot. And dude, nine times out of 10, she's like, no, I got this. And I'm like, all right, cool. I asked later. <laughs> you know, I'm going to go skateboard <laughs> or go work out or whatever. You know what I mean? But uh, just, just asking, I think that's a, that that's something that husbands can do, you know, just ask your wife, man. Hey, how are you doing? Yeah. And I think wives need to definitely do like, what Anna's doing, man. Anna, you, you've got it going on, girl. You're just like, I'm just, I just tell them what's up. <laughs> so just, Dave. oh, go ahead, Dave. Sorry. I, I was just saying, yeah, like, I mean, just telling Anna exactly that, like, just be blunt. I mean, that's what exactly she needs to do. That's just straight up do it. Yeah. Hmm. Now that's definitely awesome. You guys, Hey, uh, thank you for coming on Anna, David. Um, it's always a pleasure to have you guys on and hear how you guys are doing life right. Um, I know it's going to bring tremendous value to our listeners. And that concludes our episode of the second episode, actually, for Marriage on the Line, Lifeline. So, you guys, thank you for coming on and uh, keep doing what you're doing. And how can people get a hold of you or reach out to you if they have any questions? Can you guys share with our audience? Yeah. Um, so we have an Instagram page. Um, it is keeping period up period with period the period cult so keeping up with the cults um and that's predominantly where we hang out most on social media yeah that's the best way and anyway, we really appreciate you david and uh, jenny for having us thank you so much for coming on i remember you guys when you first moved to albuquerque and you were just a young couple with no kids and <laughs> yeah it's been fun yeah we're, we're hoping people follow us and get inspired to go travel around and and go see this beautiful country. Yeah, absolutely. You know, get around there, take your family out and do that American adventure, you know? <laughs> well, what? <laughs> well, once again, guys, thank you for coming on. And this is David with the Show Up Dad. And this is volume two of Lifeline Marriage on the Line. Thank you, guys. <laughs>